The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, how was that for you, the walking practice? Any comments or observations? And we'll use the, the mics for this. I found it very difficult to stay organized in this repetitive list of four different sensory perceptions. I would find that uh, I'd be walking along and listening, and then around the corner there was this interesting car. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I would get caught up in seeing, and then I would suddenly wonder, well, wait, which step am I supposed to be on? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so it was... So, so with that kind of a thing, you know, yeah. where you, you find yourself caught up, basically you can just start from the beginning again. Yeah. Just come back to seeing and start from there. You're going to find that happening. Um, just like with sitting meditation, you know, you find, you're sitting in meditation and you find yourself kind of wandering off in thought. And, um, you know, there's, there's a one, one instruction for supporting the mind to come back has to do with counting the breaths. And the instruction around that is, well, forget about where you were. You know, just come back to one. Just come back to, okay, I'm just starting with one again. And so likewise, you can just like, if you've forgotten where you are, just come back to start with seeing right. and then hearing. Right. This was a more, I was let off into different sense doors. Uh-huh, yeah. Not necessarily thinking. Okay. Sometimes thinking, but I was sort of pulling myself back when, when I did that. And it, as an interesting parallel, I do this exercise at work when I'm walking around. And I don't have this problem at all because there just is nothing happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Okay, so what you were then, what you're describing then is that you were paying attention to hearing, and then you noticed that you went to seeing, and then you were with seeing for a while, and then you had trouble kind of getting back into yeah. kind of the, the flow of it. Kind of that's fine, actually. That, that is actually where it moves to after you've been practicing it f- for a while. So saying that you've been practicing at work, that, that makes more sense now. You know, When you, um, you start to get familiar with what it's like to move between the sense doors, you'll start to see that while you're hearing, you're actually noticing seeing. And then while you're seeing, you're noticing your feet on the ground. And at that point, when you just start to notice the mind more fluidly moving between them, you, you can let go of the order and just notice which one your mind is recognizing at that time. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up. That's, that's, uh, that's where it moves over, usually moves over time to, to that place of just being more open to uh, recognizing kind of how the mind is pulled from experience to experience. Like you noticed you walked around the corner, and oh, there's a car, look at that car, you know. So you noticed that the, the, the kind of, uh, the, the attention got drawn to the, to the seeing. So recognizing that and how that happens. You know, the process by which the mind kind of moves from one experience to another. Thank you. What was evident uh, for me was... Um, without intent and presence, how much we miss. It's like we're really not living. 
Hold it a little closer to Okay. Is that better? Go. Yeah. Um, and then when we bring intent in when we, when we bring intent in presence, how the ordinary becomes really extraordinary and so alive and vibrant. And being engaged is like that is just so much more fruitful. But it's the challenge of doing that, you know, because I continually get lost in the daydream. And then that whole aspect of self-correcting and remembering to remember and coming back. And I, I find that really quite a challenge in my life to do that. Yes, it is a challenge to remember to remember. And that's a lot of what this week works at strengthening, that remembering to remember. Um, it strengthens as you practice it. So it's a slow process. It's a, it's a slow process over time. And you'll find this week that it is strengthened in this week because of this container. And I, I think you've done this retreat before, right? And you've, you've noticed that. Um, and it falls away as the container falls away, and you don't have the reminders morning and evening. Um, you know, a, a large part of this retreat, the, the, the kind of uh, part of the reason this retreat works for bringing the mindfulness into daily life is because you know you're coming regularly, and uh, I want to hear what's happening. So you get a little more interested in what's happening in your day. So it supports that remembering. Um, yeah, I mean, it is, it's a hard practice. It's not simple. If it were simple, we'd all be enlightened. So, <laughs> Like Stephen Levine said, it's the, um, it's the most difficult thing you'll ever take on. Uh, but what better is there to do? It's very rewarding when you really start to come into the moment and begin to see how that presence in the present moment... Um, begins to loosen the habitual ways that we respond that lead us into suffering. And that's really what this, what the point of it is, you know, to, to see how we respond habitually and that seeing that that mindfulness is like a lubricant that begins to allow that, uh, those habitual patterns to, to dissipate some, yeah. Over here, Gary. Sorry, and then and then one more over here somewhere. Okay. So when I was trying to focus on feeling the feet, I I could feel the feet, but at the beginning, especially the the really salient experience was sore ankle, sore knee, sore ankle, uh-huh, sore knee. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so. It, is the approach like in the mindfulness meditation? You just try to sort of let those go and keep going back to the, the feet? Or? You can be more flexible in the daily life practice. <laughs> if, if what you're finding is that that's predominant for you, you can, you can move to that. But it is helpful, you know, if, if all you're doing is being drawn to what's unpleasant in the sort ankle, sore knee, sore ankle, sore knee. It's helpful to also open up to other things that are going on simultaneously and to kind of let your attention go to uh, the other areas for a time and then recognize, you know, as the mind gets pulled, pulled down there. Did it, so was that mostly happening as the attention went down to the feet? Mm-hmm. So you were able to... And, and, and by the end, I think I, I got to where 
I mean, I, I, what I tried to do is actually focus through the step, you know, heel, pad, toes, and, and it was interesting that I could notice the difference between the toes pushing down and the toes pushing on each other. So you found that, that um, it supported you to actually try to, to bring your attention down to your foot. Mm-hmm. Again, you can be, be really creative. This, this week is really one, one of creativity. We're looking at what works for us to bring us into the present moment. Um, in our daily activities. So I offer some tools and techniques and then really encourage people to be creative with them. So it's, it's really about what works. And then... Okay. Uh, I just want to say that um, it was so refreshing to be, to be mindful so that... Um, I could be that mindfulness pulled me away from the stinking thinking. <laughs> so now I know, you know, well, I've always known it, but I need the support to do it. I, I need to get I need to get dragged away uh from that magnetized the the mind is is trying to my mind is trying to I don't want to tell you. I don't want to say what it's trying to. <laughs> so you don't want to know. So you're right that we need the support very much, especially initially. We need some tools and techniques to help us, particularly in daily life, and that really moves into uh, the topic. You can just put it down on the floor. That's okay. Um, the topic of how we work with this mindfulness in daily life. You know, when we sit down in meditation to try to cultivate mindfulness, our, our quality of mindful attention on the present moment, when we sit down in meditation, we've got a number of supports to help us remember to be mindful. And even with those supports, you find your mind kind of going all over the place. But those supports include the fact that you're sitting still, usually with your eyes closed. You know, you're sitting, you're sitting still with your eyes closed and you wake up in the midst of a, of, a, of a fantasy of being on the beach in Tahiti and it's like, oh yeah, I'm not on the beach in Tahiti. I'm sitting here with my eyes closed. So there's that recognition, you know, that the, the sitting still with the eyes closed supports the remembering. At some point in the fantasy, we, some, something wakes up and we realize we are, here we are sitting in a room with 25 other people with our eyes closed. So that supports... The remembering. If we didn't have, if we weren't sitting still with our eyes closed, there's less that is going to be the support to pull us back. Another tool or support for the sitting meditation has to do with uh, using a frame of reference or a reference point for our attention. So, a typical instruction for sitting meditation is around paying attention to the breathing. And that's a great reference point so that we recognize when our mind has wandered off of the breathing. Again, it's kind of like the stillness in the sitting. You know, you're, you, you find yourself waking up in an argument with a friend. Oh, right, I was going to be paying attention to my breathing. So there's a point of reference that we have in our sitting meditation that's emphasized by the stillness of the body, by sitting with our eyes closed, by having something that we're bringing our attention back to over and over again that supports remembering. 
It supports the remembering to be mindful. When we enter into our daily life practice, we lose those supports. So it becomes much more difficult to remember. So that's a huge uh, leap. It's a huge um, challenge for us in our daily lives so that to, to be able to find some things to support our remembering. So part of what I'm going to offer you here today are some, a couple of techniques or tools that will support your remembering. So the first one that I'll offer you is to pick some simple daily activity that occurs repetitively through your day. This might be standing up, walking through doorways, drinking water. I'm trying to remember some ones that people have used in the past. Um, Contacting things, touching things. Um, Anything that you do regularly throughout the bulk of your day. Use that as a place where you resolve to remember mindfulness. So picking something like that as a kind of a reference point, something that you know happens a lot through your day. Now what's going to happen for you, most likely, when you try this, is that the, uh, you know, suppose you pick standing up. You may uh, get home tonight and remember, oh, after I picked standing up, I didn't remember once until I was unlocking the door. That is not an indication that you can't do this practice. That's actually that moment when you remember that moment when you remember, oh, I haven't been remembering to pay attention to that task I chose. That moment when you remember that is essentially equivalent to the moment in sitting meditation when you wake up from a daydream and go, oh, right, here I am sitting. I was intending to be paying attention to my breathing. It serves as a reference point so that we recognize that we haven't been paying attention through that time, and that now we've remembered it, we can re-engage our intention to pay attention. Now, the difference, one of the differences in this practice that I'm suggesting to you and the breathing is that in waking up from the thoughts in breathing meditation or in sitting meditation, you can come back to the breathing. In this practice, You know, you can't go over and redo all those times when you stood up and forgot to remember. And you may not be sitting down when you remember. So you can't actually go and do it immediately. But what you can do, when you can't remember about the, or you can't put your attention into the chosen activity immediately. But what you can do in that moment when you remember is to take in then and there what's happening. Mindfulness has re-arisen for you when you remember you've forgotten. It's not a moment of failure. It's a moment of mindfulness beginning again. In that moment, 
you then have the opportunity to bring your awareness into your mind and body experience right then and there in a very light way. Just what's happening. I'm going to reemphasize this over and over again this week. This isn't about a, a heavy pushing the mind into, okay, what does it mean to be unlocking the door right now, feeling the pressure of the key and the feeling of my feet on the ground, trying to kind of analyze the experience. Just kind of take in the experience as a whole. What does it mean to be waking up in the midst of unlocking the door? You may notice some tension in your body or uh, a feeling of racing forward in your mind. Just whatever's obvious. Go for what's obvious in that moment of waking up. What's the obvious thing that's happening to you? So that's one thing you can do in that moment. The next thing that's really helpful after you've kind of connected with the moment of the experience, is to resolve to keep going with your task. To to resolve, I'm just going to keep trying. I'm just going to try this again. Just going to keep trying. That resolve is really helpful because there's, there's often a sense, you know, in that moment of remembering after four or five hours have passed without remembering standing up once, there's often a little bit of a sense of, I can't do this. And that movement of mind to say, I can't do this, kind of pulls us away from the practice. So countering that with this intention to try again, to keep trying. What most people find in engaging in this practice is that it takes some time and that you'll, you'll, notice, you'll notice something along the lines of, you know, it being you know, several hours or maybe even a whole day will go by before you remember. And then you remember, maybe as you're going to bed at night. The next day, you may find yourself remembering three or four times during the day. That's three or four more moments of consciously recognizing mindfulness that you would not have had. And again, you're probably not going to be landing on your chosen task initially. Now you may, I mean, some people report that they start out with a real, you know, a bang, that they they notice, you know, for the first hour or two of the practice, they're noticing every time they stand up. But then it quickly moves into this more uh, forgetting and remembering and forgetting and remembering. So a large part of the practice has to do with your relationship to that moment of remembering. Not to judge yourself or beat yourself up, but simply to take that as a moment of mindfulness, pay attention in that moment, what's happening, and to resolve to keep trying, keep engaging. The primary purpose of choosing something isn't so much that we um, get it right, that we are aware every time that we stand up or engage in in that activity. The primary point of it is to have a reference point so that we remember that we haven't been paying attention. We have something to recognize. I had intended, I'd set my intention to pay attention to that thing and I haven't remembered. It's not meant to be a downer that we haven't remembered. It's, It's actually, if you can take it this way, it can be a a kind of a joyful recognition, oh, I've remembered again. I have remembered to be mindful in the midst of my busy day. I've remembered about mindfulness. In that moment, 
take in what's happening and resolve to keep trying, keep, keep moving into that intention to try to connect with that experience. Now as time goes on, you will start to connect with that experience more and more. There'll be times when you're, you, you stand up and you remember right after you stood up. That's actually indicating that the mindfulness is getting stronger because it's beginning to be linked with your chosen exercise, your chosen task. And sometime, at some point, you'll actually remember right as you're doing it. Then at that point, that task can start to function almost like a wake-up bell. That whenever you do that, it begins to kind of cue mindfulness for you. People who've done this retreat a number of times have said that when they start this retreat when they begin the practice of moving into this, uh, engaging with a task, they pick something like uh, going through doorways, they find that the other tasks they've picked on previous householder retreats, on previous daily life practice retreats, also start waking them up. So they get a lot of cues through the day to help them remember for just a split second, just a split second, to be mindful. Now, in that coming into mindfulness, in that moment, there's no need to try to hang on to mindfulness and try to force yourself to stay mindful. That's where the feeling of it being burdensome can come in. So just notice, in that moment of waking up, that moment of remembering, there's kind of a lightness to it, in fact. The the kind of, you know, it's like you don't have to do that moment of waking up. It has happened by itself, And mindfulness has effortlessly, spontaneously reappeared in your mind stream. And you're aware of what's happening while it's happening. It's very light. It doesn't, it's not heavy. It doesn't take a lot of energy to be mindful for a split second. It does take some work and some, some effort to link those moments together. But I don't want this to feel like a heavy practice. Because if it feels like a heavy practice, if it feels like a burden, you're not going to do it. So allow that moment of waking up to be light. Allow it to last as long as it lasts. No need to really try to, to, to hold on to it. Just go on with your day. Just go on with your day. Noticing those moments when you remember over and over again. This moment of remembering can begin to pull a thread of mindfulness through our day. So that's one of the suggestions, the kind of main suggestion I like to make for people. For those of you who have done this retreat a number of times, I'll make an alternative suggestion or an additional suggestion. I'll actually make it as an additional suggestion Um, that you can use the moment of remembering of the waking up into mindfulness as the thing that you bring your attention to. One of the things that 
we really, we, I, I really emphasize this moment of remembering. And what is helpful over time is that you get familiar with what it feels like to be awake, to be aware. That moment of coming back into awareness. When you get familiar with that feeling, you'll actually discover it happens a lot. It happens a lot to us throughout our day. But we usually don't recognize it because that moment of coming back into mindfulness is kind of subtle and we generally leap on to what we're paying attention to and start thinking about it. So we miss the fact that we've become mindful. So those of you who have done this retreat a number of times, I'd suggest do choose a task of some sort because it really supports this intentionality to the practice. But you can also use this moment of remembering as a, as a, uh, a something to... Uh, wake up for or to recognize, kind of highlighting or emphasizing that moment of remembering. The second main theme, and that these first two that I'm talking about are the, the things that I suggest for every householder retreat, for every retreat like this that we do, uh, these two tasks are the basis of beginning to get yourself into the present moment in your daily life. It's picking something that happens regularly throughout your day. And the second one is picking a chore, picking something that lasts for some time, say two to five minutes, uh, at least once a day, if not more than that. So you could choose something like brushing your teeth or washing dishes or loading or unloading the dishwasher. Something that you do every day that lasts a certain period of time, making your bed, uh, or the whole process of um, morning routine. Some people like to choose that. That even lasts longer, you know, maybe the 10 or 15 minutes of, of getting dressed and showering and uh, everything that you do to kind of get ready um, when you first wake up. Picking something like that and then seeing if you can maintain a thread of mindful attention during that span of time. So the first one is really about just noticing those moments when you wake up, beginning to get familiar with that moment of waking up, trying to find a way to pull a thread of mindfulness through the larger part of the day. And the second one is more about seeing can we begin to uh, cultivate a little bit more continuity for short periods of time recognizing kind of the dance that you're engaged in, the physical and mental flow that happens while you're doing some activity. Brushing your teeth, noticing all the different movements that are engaged, the, the physical sensations that happen, the moisture, the coolness, the, the taste, the texture of the toothbrush on your gums, all of that, and any mental responses. Oh, I like that, I don't like that, or... Why am I paying attention to this anyway? Whatever comes up in your mind, also recognizing. So that it begins to, to give you a sense of what it means to have a little bit more continuity of awareness for a slightly longer period of time. So I want to just stop for a moment and take any questions. Uh, about these, what I've said so far. It's, it's clear. 
like for extra practice, you could take something that you tend to rush through. Like there's times when I, well, you already mentioned eating. Like sometimes I have a really hard time slowing down when I'm eating because I'm splitting my thinking with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I have to... So you could choose... I start saying thinking, think. I mean, trying to do it, you know, it's like thinking instead of even thinking. You know, try to... To recognize that yes, it's happening. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm tr- trying to note anyway. Mm-hmm. So you could choose eating as your regular activity that happens through your day. You know, eating, or I mean, as the as not the regular activity, as the the kind of task that happens for a longer period of time. You know, we eat for maybe fifteen, twenty minutes. So that's a long that's a longer stretch to try so to for pull me. That I'm eating through. in ten minutes. Ten minutes? Well, yeah, that's the problem. I'm trying to slow down. <laughs> so, so bringing bringing your attention to that process um, of you know the the see if you if you can bring some mindfulness to the eating regularly through your day, or you could pick one meal to do that with if it's if it's hard to do it with all of them. So pick pick whichever one you feel like you have the most space around, breakfast or. You know, whichever one feels like there's a little more time or space for you to engage with this practice. Again, to not make it a, feel like a burden. Um, I'm just wondering, like, you know, it's... I'm thinking, like, you know, with, which is more beneficial? or It's all beneficial, but, you know... Yeah, pick some, p- definitely picking things that work for you. I mean, this is, this is another key piece of this practice with daily life, is to find something... Um, you know, these exercises are more generic in a way, um, but you can also, in this exploration, pick something that's interesting to you to explore. If there's interest in the exploration, you're more likely to engage in it. So another another option, for example, for the uh, the thing that happens regularly in your day is you might, you might have a particular mental pattern like procrastination or something like that that happens regularly that you're interested in kind of breaking into and, and understanding something about. You could, you could explore that as well in addition to the, the tasks that I've suggested. I do want to suggest some simple physical activity uh, and some simple physical chore as the grounding but if there are also some other places that you are really interested, something that's up for you in your life, that you're interested in, how can I bring mindfulness to this? Use this week to explore it. And we can talk about it during the week as you engage with the mindfulness week. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you, is that certain things have more of a, of a charge or there's, there's baggage that is creating... The speed, for exactly. instance. And I've gone in and out of this, and I understand this. Like, why I'm eating fast, I'm not going to go into it. I understand that. So, But I'm saying, if I pick mindfulness of walking, th- there's really not a whole, for me personally, that, that's really not difficult. There's not a charge on it. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know. So. so creativity this week is very important. And as I said, you know, finding those places where it connects for you, using those as well. I guess I just wanted some clarification about the um, 
the moment of remembering is the thing you bring the attention to. Okay. So I think I kind of understand it, but maybe I'll just have to do it. To kind of it, it is more of a doing, but it is, it is um, you know, as you go through your day, and, you know, having done this retreat several times now, um, you have a sense of what it means to remember about mindfulness. You have a sense of that experience of waking up. Now, this is, a, this is a big thing that I'll emphasize this week for those of you who haven't done this retreat before. Getting familiar with that moment of remembering. Getting familiar with that quality of what, it likes to, what it's like to come back into mindfulness is a huge support for uh, more of those moments to occur. And so it's, it's kind of about just recognizing when you recognize the mind is here again. You know, you're walking across the street and suddenly you realize you're walking across the street. Just mindfulness has come back. Just kind of recognizing mindfulness has come back and notice what mindfulness has come back to. So what has mindfulness woken up to? What do you know? You know, oh, reaching for a glass of water. Suddenly in the midst of, in the midst of a thought about uh, a friend, you notice, oh, I'm reaching. You know, it's like the light goes on and you notice that that's happening. Just a little bit highlight that as mindfulness has come back. Just very simply recognize mindfulness has come back. So I'm a chronic procrastinator, and if you had anything more you could say about uh, how this could apply specifically to procrastination, I would be uh, I think I'll save that for during the week. Are you going to be okay. coming during the week? Because okay. um, I have some other things uh, to, to go into. <laughs> um, Somebody can bring up the topic on one day. <laughs> I could, I could, I could talk about it multiple times. So. <laughs> it's a big one for us. <laughs> so the other thing I want to bring up for um, for consideration is um, the what, what I like to call the theme for the week. That during these retreats. I offer these uh, kind of practices that we use each time as a kind of just a grounding for waking up and remembering to wake up. And then I pick some themes so that we can kind of explore a topic um, together. And the theme that I've picked for this week is called Clear Comprehension. So I'm going to talk about it just for a, a few minutes. Um, in the Buddha's instructions on mindfulness meditation, the four foundations of mindfulness, in the Satipatthana Sutta, there's a section called clear comprehension. And I'm going to read this section to you, and then you'll see why it's uh, relevant When going forward and returning, he makes himself fully alert. When looking toward and away, when bending and extending her limbs, 
when carrying his outer cloak, his upper robe, and his bowl, when eating, drinking, chewing, and savoring, when urinating and defecating, when walking, standing, sitting, falling asleep, waking up, talking, and remaining silent, she makes herself fully alert. Now this term that I was translating is clear comprehension. Sampajanya is the Pali. And it's translated in different ways, clear comprehension being one of the main ways it's translated, fully alert being another way, Uh, full awareness is a third way that this term is translated. So basically, this section of the canon is talking about bringing mindfulness into our daily lives, into our daily activities. And the Buddha excludes nothing. Urinating and defecating are in here as valid places to bring our mindfulness to. This just immediately cuts through any idea of sacred and profane activities. You know, it's like everything is valid as a place to bring our awareness to. Being silent and speaking, he he directly addresses this here. That speaking can be a place where we bring our mindful attention. So the, um, this section of the Satipatthana Sutta is, is limited to that, what I just described. It's, that's the instructions from the Buddha. Additional Buddhist texts, the commentaries, go into more detail about what it means to clearly comprehend, to be fully aware, to bring full alertness to our experience. And they say this is about how we um, turn our mental and physical activities to support our understanding of the Dharma, bringing in a sense of purpose to our activities, in supporting our practice. So the, the commentaries say that this teaching around clear comprehension is about, is about bringing a sense of purpose and efficiency to all of our actions. That may sound uh, restrictive or heavy in a way, but think about or reflect on how much happier we are really when our lives are directed towards something that's meaningful to us and how we often feel at odds when we're just kind of moving in a way that's not really coherent and aimed towards something that's meaningful for us. So the uh, commentaries, the Buddhist texts, say there are four kinds of clear comprehension. There's clear comprehension of purpose. And I'll go into each of these a little bit. Clear comprehension of suitability. Clear comprehension of what's called domain. And clear comprehension of reality. So the clear comprehension of purpose and suitability are very linked. They're they're related to each other. And they're about looking at our practical, everyday, daily activities 
and how they are or whether they are in line with our aspirations, our movement, the direction in which we would like our heart and minds to go. So it's kind of a reflection. These first two are supported by a reflection on, first of all, what are our aspirations? What are our priorities? And after we'll talk about this for a little while, and then we're going to do a little bit of a reflection, a guided reflection on this topic, because this is one of the first things I would like to do this week, is to have people reflect on their aspiration, their purpose, and how the practice supports that aspiration, or doesn't. So there's this looking at our activities. Basically, part of this exploration of purpose and suitability has to do with looking at our activities and seeing, are they in line with our aspirations? So first thing, first reflection has to do with what are our aspirations? And secondly, a reflection on what do we do and does what we do come in line with, somehow support those aspirations? Now, we can't always act in the way that is most purposeful and most efficient. We are going to engage in things that are not so helpful for us. And this is not, this is not, an inten- this is not intending to um, make ourselves feel judgmental about the things that we engage in, but it is asking us to look at them. Look at the intentions and motivations that are behind things that we engage in. Look at the consequences of engaging in these activities. How do they make us feel? How do they make others feel? Does it support clarity of mind? So it's really about mindfulness. This exploration will be during the week about mindfulness, not to try to only engage in the most purposeful activity, but to observe ourselves with this framework of our aspiration and see, can we gently usher ourselves in the direction of things that are skillful, that support that aspiration? Uh, One commentator on the suttas has a lovely phrase about this process of looking at our actions and seeing that there are times that we just don't have much control, that we've got these places in our mind that seem to spring up and make us do things that we realize are not the most skillful. He says that with this practice, we aim for a peaceful penetration of the irrational regions of our mind. So it's not a a harshness that we're meeting our uh, irrationality with, but a kind, gentle, compassionate awareness to recognize, oh, these patterns, these processes are at pl- in play. Another thing I want to just put out there is that really this is a lot about looking at intention, motivation. 
So, you know, we may have some ideas about what is purposeful. You know, that, that engaging in certain activities is purposeful. We have a very much a doing mentality in our culture. And we figure if we're not doing something, then we're not purposeful. But sitting down and allowing your mind to drift can be very purposeful. It can be a skillful intention. So it's not about, this is not about looking at how can I do things, do things, do things. It's about looking at our intentions behind what we choose to do and choosing to relax with friends, choosing to sit down and allow yourself to rest with a cup of tea may be the most skillful thing that you can do and the most purposeful with respect to your deepest aspiration for that moment. The clear comprehension of suitability is very related to this idea of purpose. And it acknowledges, this idea of suitability acknowledges that not everything that we, can do, that, that we do can be um, necessarily the most purposeful way towards our aspiration based on conditions of our lives, choices that we've made in the past. We have certain things in our lives that we can't simply up and abandon. The practice around suitability is looking at, is this a suitable way to be moving my life? So, for example, I'll give you an example about this um, to help clarify. Some years ago, and just a year ago, actually, a year and maybe 18 months ago, um, I, up until that point, I had been kind of splitting my life between being a teacher, a Dharma teacher, and between being a technical writer. Because that's what I needed to do. I needed to support myself with a livelihood. The livelihood I was supporting myself with was right livelihood. It was not the most purposeful thing I could have been doing because it was taking me away from contemplating the Dharma to instead contemplating three-dimensional computer graphics. But the way I worked with this was to recognize And so that, you know, it wasn't helpful to think about this is something I need to get rid of in my life. It was necessary in my life at that time. What I began to recognize was what are the benefits around this activity that support my ability to meet my highest aspirations? So that particular Work that I did, I was a contractor, so I could work for six months a year. And I had six months a year to really dedicate myself to teaching and to doing my own retreats. So it supported me in the direction I wanted to go. So there's kind of a reframing in my mind around that less than purposeful task, which made it a suitable support for my Dharma life. So there may be things like this in your, in your life. And the, the, we'll engage this week a little bit in some reflections about the things that we do, looking at whether they're necessary or not, 
If they're not necessary, seeing if we can let them go, at least for this week, you know, things like listening to the radio in the car, for instance, may not be the most purposeful or suitable thing for a particular moment. That we can probably let go of. Our livelihood, probably not. (laughs) So um, looking at those areas where we um, maybe have a little more of a rub around this not being the thing I really want to be doing. And evaluating, is it in the direction? Is it heading me in the right direction? And can it serve as a place to wake up? So one... uh, One teacher, one... uh, commentator from ancient India said, how can mindfulness be practiced under these very circumstances? So how can we bring that quality of waking up into our activities that may not seem most purposeful so that they then become a support for our spiritual life? So that's suitability. Then um, domain. Domain, the clear comprehension of domain is about um, the, the kind of, the way they describe it is it's not abandoning the subject of meditation during one's daily activities. And for us, here this week, this means not abandoning awareness during our daily activities. Every part of our daily life can be within the domain of our practice. So nothing is outside of that domain. Even the most ordinary, mundane activities are a place for mindfulness to take root. So this domain aspect, clear comprehension of domain, is really what this week is about. We have these exercises, engaging in these exercises to support remembering about this domain of clear comprehension. The last aspect of clear comprehension, clear comprehension of reality, uh, literally the translation from the Pali is clear comprehension of non-delusion. So this is about recognizing that there's no one here doing anything. No one here experiencing anything. There are things being done. There are things being experienced. There's the experience and the knowing of experience, but there is no one experiencing now this, uh, I'll have, I have a couple of exercises to, to kind of work in this direction, but really this clear comprehension of reality, clear comprehension of non-delusion is an insight. It's not something we can really do. We can incline ourselves towards understanding it through reflections, certain reflections, certain uh, ways of observing our experience. 
But I'm not going to say too much more about it because the topic of not-self is a huge one. And uh, we can talk about it more during the week as it comes up. Uh, If it comes up, it may not. This is not so much the emphasis this week because this is is a result of our practice. This understanding is really a result of our practice. So engaging in the first three kinds of clear comprehension supports our ability to open to this non-delusion, to this understanding of reality. So with respect to um, exercises around this, we're going to do a couple of them. And we're going to take a short break in a few minutes. And we're going to do a couple of them to begin with uh, after the break. Some reflection. I'm going to teach you a reflective practice that will support your ability to uh, learn how to think in a meditative way um, and to reflect on some specific themes in a meditative way. Um, So I'm just going to give you a a little bit of a sense of what these exercises are. So at first we're going to spend some time reflecting on what are our aspirations, what are our priorities, and reflecting on our activities, are they in line with these priorities or not? And if they are... um, um, not in line. You, know, finding, you may find as you engage in this that there are clearly some things that you could let go of. Surfing the internet, for example. That one I find to be quite sticky. <laughs> and it's best if I just don't start. <laughs> so, um, you know, just seeing can you let go during this week of some of those unhelpful actions. So kind of a a little bit of renunciation around some of the activities that we engage in that clearly take us away and take us into dream world or fantasy or just not being here. Then there's looking at, um, you know, activities that we need to engage in. Can we make a reframing around them? Can we begin to see how they support us in our exploration of the Dharma. And can we bring our practice of the Dharma into them so that nothing is excluded, no part left out, as one poet poetess says, of our mindfulness. Some of the other um, exercises around purpose and suitability, I'm going to just leave you to read um, on the handout. Um, and we'll, we'll work with them more as the week goes on. I think, I think for the rest of them we'll work with them that way. Um, the clear comprehension of domain is very much just the exercises I've given you to work with already. Um, so, so let's just uh, let me just see if there's any questions quickly uh, about this before we take a break. Are there any any questions or comments?
Did you have one, Karen? No? Okay. Okay, so let's take a 10-minute break, and then we'll come back and do some reflection about some of these areas. (laughs) 